Warning. This podcast episode contains swearing, drinking, mentions of gruesome deaths, and infanticide. Lurster discretion is advised. Also, sometimes real life can be scarier than ghost stories. Make sure you check out the links in the description to find different ways you can make the world a little bit less scary. Thank you, and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to Demons and Bellinis, the podcast where we whip up a drink and talk about some spooky shit. I, too, like that guy in the end of the Blair Witch Project, am standing in a basement, not facing anyone. I'm Mentally, I'm there. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I sure hope it's haunted. I'm Ashley. (laughs) Today, I want to talk about what may be possibly one of the most haunted houses in the world, And it just so happens that it's up for sale right now. So today I want to talk about the infamous Loftus Hall. So grab a beverage of your choosing, get cozy, and remember to check your closets for the devil himself. And remember to stay peachy! Before we kick off the rest of our episode, we'd like to extend a very special shout out to the wonderful gals behind Ladies Fright Podcast. Chances are, if you enjoy what we do on the podcast waves, you'll absolutely adore what they do as well. Give them a listen. Lend them your ears. Here's a quick taste of what they do. Oh yes, it's Ladies Fright. We tell spooky stories and try to figure out what about them makes them so scary. Using personal anecdotes, psychology, and sociology, Lauren, Maggie, and Jackie dive into urban legends, ghost stories, and other tales that give us a good fright. Because this is ladies' fright. Oh, what a fright. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. (laughs) Okay, but is he going to appear to me as Black Phillip asking me if I want to live deliciously? He might. And if I want any butter? He might. Dust that want butter. <laughs> so, um, Molly, this is our 30th episode. It's our 30th episode. It's not our first version of the 30th episode, but it's our 30th episode. It's our 30th episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you guys for sticking with us for 30 episodes, and we're really excited for what's to come. Jazz hands. I don't know what's to come. I don't know either. We'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I say I'm yeah, excited, literally. but I'm really just terrified. Nah, I'm excited for this to go on for another 30 episodes. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's been, and we're also um, almost at our two-year mark, which is kind of wild. Oh, yeah. God, we've come yeah. so far. Yeah, I definitely improved a little bit with the um, audio editing. Not by much, but a little bit. It's still trash, but you guys like trash, so we're going to keep delivering trash. Yes, girl, give exactly. us nothing. <laughs> exactly. That's what we live for. So, I wanted to do something big for this episode, so what's bigger and better than Satan himself? I have never heard of this case, so I am You've excited. never heard of Loftus Hall. It sounds familiar, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Okay. And good. Exciting. I'm glad you don't know this case then. <laughs> so, kind of like last episode, The Fairies, um, I've always been fa- Like, this story, it deals a lot with Celtic folklore. So, <gasps> I wanted to get into that. Like, I've always been fascinated by Celtic folklore, particularly about the devil. And, like, these stories, they made their way over the Atlantic with those who settled in the Canadian Maritimes and East Coast of America. You remember I talked a little bit about this with the Black Window episode I did? That's in Halifax, yes. Nova Scotia. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, the way that, like, stories in which people interact with the devil are so fascinating. And they seem, like, just so much more terrifying than just demon stories. It just seems, like, that much more immense I'm not quite sure how to explain it. Oh, yeah, it. definitely. So I may just let this episode speak for itself. Um, Question. 
Yes. Do you think that all these stories about people dealing with the devil are actually the devil himself, or do you think it just could be, like, a demon just playing some fun little tricks? Well, I'm going to get into that. Okay. So. Okay, I'm excited. I think a good place to start, before we even talk about Loftus Hall, is to talk about depiction depictions of the devil in folklore. Okay. So, Satan, or the many names that he does have, appears in folklore very differently from how people typically think of the devil, which is, like, red-skinned, orange man with, like, a goatee or, like, a little triangle tail. Right. That's, like, the classic yeah. depictions of the devil. In folklore... Yeah, that's, like, cartoon Oh, yeah, yeah, devil. yeah. In folklore, he's a lot more animal-like, which I think it may be referencing back to paganism in Europe, and I, I'm gonna get into that. Um... Yeah. And I think that's why I really like these stories, because it feels like you're not just dealing with a demon, it feels like you're dealing with a god, right? Like, that just, mm-hmm. like, step up. <laughs> and if you like... Yeah. Um, step up your pussy. Yeah, step up your pussy, come on. <laughs> step your pussy up. <laughs> so we've seen the devil appear by many names and forms throughout folklore history. Christianity actually appropriated the symbol of a horned figure from these pagan religions and practices. Mm-hmm. So before Satan yeah. or the devil, there was Pan, who in Greek mythology is the god of the wild shepherds and flocks and a bunch of other stuff, but it's mostly nature stuff. Yeah. Pan is represented as very goat-like in appearance, and he's walking on his hind bent backwards legs, and he has hooves. Um, he also has horns, I think, in some depictions. I think yeah. Pan is also that in, like, um, this Pan's Labyrinth, that movie, right? Yeah, yeah that's Pan. I'm also trying to figure out... Uh, sorry, continue. Well, no, no, continue. You, you go ahead. I was just trying to find the name of uh, the um, horned god in, like, um, like you know, Wicca and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I didn't go to too, too him. deep into, like... He's not technically Pan. He's kind of, like... An, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know too much about him. Yeah. Um, His name is... Serenos? I, I, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, because I know that he is definitely, like, you know, still worship. But yeah, he's like a Gaelic god of beasts and wild places. Interesting. Um, yeah. There's also in... And his... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just sorry. I was just looking at the um, mythology behind him just from a quick Google search, and it looks like... Well, yeah, like, he's, like, pretty widely... Yeah. Or he was pretty widely worshipped throughout Europe, still worshipped today. He's a mysterious deity deity as his original mythos has been lost to history mm. interesting very fun yeah but yeah it looks like he's also in celtic oh yeah, yeah. Celtic folklore. cool so he's pretty widespread yep so apologies <laughs> so there is also um like i was also looking around to see like in folklore specifically like other kinds of horned figures that are very similar to the devil so there's also Hearn mm-hmm. the hunter in english folklore who is a ghost-like figure who haunts the Windsor Forest and the Great Park region in the English county of Berkshire. Hearn the Hunter is often described as having antlers. He also has rattling chains, he has a horse, and will torment those who have the misfortune of encountering him. I'm honestly, Molly, I don't know if I should be surprised or disappointed that you don't know who Hearn the Hunter is, because the earliest mention of yeah. Hearn is actually in the 1597 Shakespeare play, The Merry Wives of Windsor. <gasps> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Sorry. <laughs> I, have, I have. Listen, it's not okay. I've seen that once. I've never studied it. I have a quote from it that describes her in the hunter. Do it. So the okay, just for all of you listening, I'm a history major, so I got the translated from old English version. I only minor in English. Don't talk. Don't at me. I'm. I'm not reading old English again. <laughs> It's not Old English. Wait, 1597? That is, that is modern English. No, Old English is Beowulf. Oh. Middle English is Chaucer. That's Middle English. It's not that different from our modern English. It's just a little bit more piratey. <sighs> All right, let me read it as a pirate then. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> That's literally what they would have sounded like. Oh, wow. All right. Well, anyways, okay, let me just read this. <laughs> God. <laughs> so the quote goes... <coughs> There is a, oh my god, I can't even read two words. There is an an old tale goes that Hearn the Hunter, sometime a keeper here in Windsor Forest, doth all the winter time at still midnight walk round an oak with great ragged horns, and there he blasts the tree and takes the cattle and makes, oh, what the, f- 
Milchkine yields blood and shakes a chain. I don't know what Milchkine is. <laughs> I should have looked that up. That's pretty sexy. I and like that's it. done. In the most hideous and dreadful manner. You have heard of such a spirit, and well you know, the superstitious, idle-headed eld received and did deliver to our age this tale of her and the hunter for a truth. And that quotes from Act 4, Scene 4. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Give me the line number. I, I couldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You've clearly not cited Shakespeare in a long time. No, I haven't. <laughs> So, this figure of oh, shut shut up, shut up. I'm shutting up. How do you do? I'm how do you do up. a Chicago footnote? I couldn't tell you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Without googling it on Purdue. <laughs> well, Chicago will have my skin and bones one day. Um, God, I hate APA. <laughs> Do you have to do footnotes in APA? I've never done APA. I do sometimes, yeah. I mean, like, I I did it with, um, what was it? It was for this gender sexuality women's class that I took. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate it. And I did it for a um, psychology course. Yeah, I, I hate footnotes. Oh, God. Yeah. In Chicago. Oh, Chicago. Anyways, so... <laughs> This figure of a university stuff cries. So this figure of a horned animalistic figure has been seen, uh, has been a part of several different folklores and religions for much of history, and it's interesting that it persists to this present day. I mean, look at one of your favorite movies, Molly, The Ritual, and that creature—it's the ritual, right? Yes. Your mom. <laughs> this creature is horned with hoofed feet and bent backwards leg. Legs. Now, I'm not saying that this image is evil in nature. I think that's just what it's meant to be, is nature, the natural, like something bigger yeah. and more important than us that's uncaring about us little humans, and it's a part of a much bigger thing. Oh, it's so sexy. Yeah, and I think it's very self-centered to see ourselves as these important players in the universe. I mean, just go look at the ocean and then come back and tell me that we're the center of the universe. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah. No, nature is unforgiving, uncaring. Yeah. And God, I want her to step on me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we... This may just be me projecting onto the monster from the ritual, who is both my mother and also my wife. I don't know how that works, don't ask. But she's just very, very good monster design. I love it a lot. Yeah, it's so good. I love it a lot. It's so good. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. We tend to associate the devil with acts of evil, violence, and darkness, but in Irish folklore, the devil is actually a trickster who prefers to cause mischief, gamble, and just kind of scare people. So in the book of Revelations, it's stated that Satan and his demons are horns, but elsewhere in the Bible, it's suggested that the devil can pick any form he chooses and that all demons are masters Mm -hmm. of disguises. So using this ability to trick humans into sin. In Irish folklore, it's the same sentiment. But more importantly, though, in Irish folklore, the devil is a figure that you can outsmart. Mm. Love that. And he enjoys a challenge. So it's not just about, like... The devil went down to George. Yeah. He was looking for a soul to steal. So, like, it's not about, like, just, you know, the devil being, like, all evil. It's more of, like, let's have some fun. Let's, like... It's it's very, like, trickster god-esque. And instead of just yeah. being... So it's very, like, again, those old religions that have, like, those kind of trickster gods. Um, yeah. So one particular Irish folktale that I want to just kind of tell to you guys really quick really embodies that. And it's the story of Stingy Jack or Jack the Smith. Have mm-hmm. you heard of Stingy Jack? I have not. So Jack was a tell me more. poor man. He was described as being bad-tempered and no one liked him. Because he was an asshole. Me too. <laughs> Me too. He lived in a small village and he had the reputation as being a bit of a con man. He would just steal and steal and steal and steal and steal. So where's this village? Uh, it, I don't know. <laughs> God. So the devil felt that Singy Jack's reputation was a, actually a challenge to his. He was so mm-hmm. bad, the devil thought that he, he was a challenge to him. 
Ooh. Right? I love it. Yeah. So the devil, he... That's honestly what I want to be. Yeah, like, it's just that big of a bitch that the devil has to be like, hey, 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 turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty sexy. So, of course, the devil had to do something about this. He couldn't just let Stingy Jack, like, go around to be better than him. What the fuck? Oh, no. no. So, no. one night when Stingy Jack got drunk, he stumbled upon the devil who was lying on... Okay, hear me out. This is... Imagining this in my head is absolutely terrifying. I, like, I love this kind of surreal, disturbing horror. So that he stumbles upon the devil who is lying on, like, flat on stone pathway, and he's grinning at him. Ooh. Like, I'm just imagining, like, like, this, like, paper-thin kind of entity, like, laying on the pathway, just looking up at you with, like, this huge, massive grin, and it's like, oh. I love it. Oh. It's so scary. It's so freaky. Yeah. So, when Jack saw him, of course, he was like, oh, what the (laughs) fuck? You know, he freaks out. The fuck is that? Yeah. But he realized, he knew who this was. He knew who was staring up at him. He knew it was the devil, and he knew the devil had finally arrived to drag him to hell. But Jack had a plan. So, seeing Jack, he, you know, the devil gets up, and the devil does just spiel. He's like, oh, you're going to hell, whatever, whatever. So, seeing Jack, he asked the devil if he would grant him one last pint at the local tavern. So, the devil, Mm -hmm. he's like, ooh, already? Sure, you can have one last drink. So they go to the tavern, and the devil got him every kind of drink that he could want. He doesn't just get one pint. He gets him, like, every kind of pint he could have. <laughs> yeah. And St. Jack, he actually convinced Satan to transform into a coin that would pay for everything. And surprisingly, the devil's like, ooh, what's your plan? I'm, in- I'm intrigued. Sure, I'll be your coin. I'll, I'll, buy, your- I'll, do- I'll buy your tab. Yeah. So St. Jack, however, instead of paying for the tab he stuffs the coin that the devil transformed into into his pocket where he had a small crucifix which prevented the devil from changing back into his original oh. form and claiming the soul of singy jack oh so do you follow he tricks him into being this coin and then he stuffs the coin in his pocket with the crucifix Ooh. so the devil's like that's pretty smart so the devil's like shit 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 Mm-hmm. Do, do, do. Okay, I'll like make a deal with you if you let me like you let me go. So yeah. um, the devil makes a deal with Jack that Jack can have an additional ten more years of freedom if he lets him go. So Jack Jack yeah. agrees and he sets the devil free. But this isn't where the story ends. So okay, a decade goes by. Jack continues to torment the village. He continues to just be a complete dick. He already knows he's going to hell. Why stop now? You know. So when the devil returns for Jack's soul, however, this time, Jack asks the devil if he can have an apple as his last meal. The devil agrees, and he even climbs an apple tree to find the perfect apple for him. Oh, that's nice Oh, that's so nice. But it's also very um, Adam and Eve vibes. It is, yes. (laughs) So while the devil was up in the tree, Jack quickly places in a circle around the base of the tree, crucifixes, and he traps the devil. Mm -hmm. Again. Smart. So when the devil demands his freedom, Jack Mm -hmm. makes him agree that he will never drag him to hell. Oh. So he will set... Never ever. Never ever. So he... Even after... Yeah, so never ever. Remember, this is important, because the story keeps going. So Jack tells the devil, like, I'll let you go, but you have to promise that I will never go to hell. And the devil's like, okay, you will never go to hell. So, however, it's said that when Jack finally dies, because he was so sinful, he's barred from heaven. So Jack's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, let me go and see if I can hang out in hell then. So he goes to hell, he goes to the underworld, and he asks the devil, like, hey, you know, why don't you let me in? We're old pals. And Satan goes, no, we made a deal, remember? You can't go to hell. Oh. <laughs> oh. So Singy Jack is, he can't go to heaven and he can't go to hell. So he's stuck. Yes. <laughs> so the devil, he, you know, he gives Singy Jack an ember of hellfire and forced him to go back into limbo or purgatory or whatever you want to call it. And it's said that mm-hmm. Singy Jack now still wanders 
the earth, trying to, to lure others to their deaths in hopes of seeing the devil again. And he can often be seen carrying that small ember inside of a carved out turnip. Some people will yes, yes, yes. Some people will think yes. of Stingy Jack when they see glowing orbs, um, but other people think that this is the origin of jack o' lanterns. Yeah. Oh, that's so sick. There you go. That's where we. Honestly, what I was thinking that was like along like the lines of like Chuck Norris jokes back in the day, where it's like <laughs> the devil doesn't make like or like Jack doesn't make deals with the devil. The devil makes deals with Jack. Yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty badass of him. It's a, a great story. I love this story. But then also, yeah, being stuck in limbo, not fun. Yeah, I just think it's so interesting that, like, you like the devil is someone who, like, you can outsmart, but you have to be careful because he's tricky, too. Right? So I just, I just love these stories. So the devil, he plays a really interesting role in Irish folklore, and I think it's really important to keep that in mind while I tell you the story of Loftus Hall, the reason we're all here. Na, 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 na. So Loftus, Let's go. Loftus Hall is located on the Hook Peninsula, or Hook Head, known as, I'm going to butcher this, Rin Duan. I don't, know, I don't know how to do the accent in Gaelic. Rin Duan. I hope I'm saying that right. In County Wexford in Ireland. The first castle built on this land was actually constructed in 1170 by Norman knight Raymond Le, Le Gros. Le Gros? He, 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 it doesn't matter though, because he changed his last name to Redmond, so he better he would better fit, fit in with everyone else, the Irish that were there. Right. Yeah. So in 1350, the hall was built to replace the old castle. So the building was then called the Redmond Hall, and it stayed that way until the 1650s, when the land was given to the Loftus family. They were English planters who were part of the Cromwell Conquest. And I'll, later, I'll talk about this a little bit later, because this history is rough. It's rough. Okay. So in... Gotta love some rough history. Also, um, pay attention to this next year that I'm about to say. Okay. In 1666, 1666, 666. Yeah, Henry Loftus took a prof- proper residence in the hall. So this is the year okay. when the Loftus family moves in. So they continuously live in the hall. They finally do renovations in the 1870s, which are overseen by the Marquis of Ally. And there's a reason that I'm telling you this, which is for later on. John Wellington Graham Loftus, and pre- so he 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 does all these renovations, the Marquis okay. for in preparation of Queen Victoria's visit. The Mar- Marchioness, Marchioness of Ally, so his wife, she was Queen Victoria's Lady of the Bedchamber. However, Queen Victoria was unable to visit, and the Loftus family ended up going into huge amounts of debt for the renovations, and they ultimately had to sell their home in 1889 after the now bankrupt Marquise's death. So it ends pretty tragically for them. In 1917, the hall was bought by the Benedictine Order of Nuns, and they lived there for about 17 years before it changed hands to the Sisters of Providence, who opened a school in the hall for the girls who wanted to join the order. They operated the school until the 1980s. In 1983, the hall was sold again. The new owners, they turned into a hotel, and they called it the Loftus Hall Hotel. However, the hotel ended up closing in the early 1990s. The building was abandoned and it fell into disrepair. In 2011, it was sold to the current owners, the Quigley family. The family has committed themselves to a massive renovation project and they're trying to return the hall to its former glory. Wait, 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 wait. Is this the hall that... Hosier took pictures in for Wasteland Baby. What? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he did a photo shoot. I'm pretty sure he did a photo shoot in Loftus Hall. Oh, he did too. Oh, that's so sexy of him. Sorry, I just worship the ground that Hosier walks on, so it's fine. Wait, maybe he didn't. No, he totally well, did. Uh, Loftus Hall. Yeah, okay, he, maybe did. he did. Oh, okay. All right, but. <laughs> okay, I'll send you uh, the video where he talks about it. This house is also the inspiration for the, I think it was the Academy or something in Artemis Fowl, if you guys are interested in that, because the the author of that book actually worked as a oh, bellboy okay. when it was a hotel. I still never read it. Mm-hmm. 
So in 2011, it was sold to the current owners, the Quigley family. So as I said, they're committed to this huge, massive renovation project. The other thing that they're committed to is its heritage and its ghosts. And if you go into their website, you can go into it right now. Hall, I think, .com or something <laughs> like that. Let me double check. I mean, if you just Google it, it's like the first thing that comes up. Okay, Other than I'm going on. Where is it? Where is it? Loftushall.ie. You go to their website, and you go down to, like, their menu, and you'll see After Dark. And you can see actual real live streams. If you just click on live stream, you will see live streams of some of the most haunted rooms within Loftus Hall right now. Click on the name <laughs> of the room to access yeah. the live stream. <laughs> I'm on the live stream. I'm looking at the staircase. There's the card room. There's the tapestry room. The devil's room. Yeah, I will get there. <laughs> oh, you can even do it with VR. Oh, God. But yeah, so it's like, you can actually just go and look inside of this hall right now, and you might actually see some freaky stuff if you get lucky. So as of today, when I wrote the script for this episode, which was August 28th, 2020, I... <laughs> Loftus Hall is for sale for 2.9 million USD. That is not that bad. No. Compared to what like you have to pay here in Vancouver, it's, it's you get a lot. Yeah. For $2.9 million, you get a beautiful historical waterfront property that has its own beach and and, and, and an area of 63 acres. I'm getting there. 63 acres of land. That's a lot. The owner, owner, Aiden Quigley, he says that he doesn't want to hire a real estate agent and he wants to interview each potential buyer himself. There's still a lot of work left to be done in the hall, like replacing all 97 of its windows. So the next buyer needs to be committed to this building, and it needs to be able to give it the love that it needs. They also need to understand that this is the most haunted house in all of Ireland. But it's sexy. Yeah, it's sexy. So It's really sexy. I'm just looking at the pictures of it right now. Yeah. Oh god, I just, I have like the live streams open on like another tab and I just clicked on them and the card room looks horrific right now. <laughs> it does. Oh, and there's a reason too. I'm gonna go on the live stream too. Oh man, the card room I think is one of the scariest rooms. Also the tapestry room. Tapestry room and the card room are like the scariest and I'll get to that. Any reason why? Oh, I'm gonna get gonna there. Get into it? Well, let's get into it. Ooh. Sure. So the first recording of something rather horrifying happened in the 1780. So this story, there's a lot of different versions of the story, and I'm just gonna give you, like, I'm just gonna give it to you. There's, I tried to put together like all the different versions to kind of create this one kind of thing, so it makes sense. So. The Loftus family, they had gone away, and they left their home, or the hall, in the care of their friends, the Tottenham family. Their daughter, Anne Tottenham, she came with them. Now, some people say that they were friends of the family, other people say that they were caretakers of the hall. Either way, they were left to house-sit while the Loftus family was away. So, one night, a dark and stormy night, a ship washes up on the beach, But it's said that only one man was aboard the ship. Other sources say that this man arrived to the hall via his horse being spooked and there was no ship at all. So because the story is really entrenched in folklore, it gets really hard to figure out what actually happened. So either way, this dark and stormy night, a man shows up at the hall and the family let him inside. And right off the bat, Anne, who by the way, she's a teenager, I can't, it's hard to find her exact age. But she's like, I want to say like 15 to 17 in that age range. Okay. Anyways, she becomes very smitten with this handsome stranger, and he's very smitten with her. One version of the story says that the stranger, upon his arrival, he suggests to, the, to Laura Tottenham that they play a game of cards. If the stranger wins, he can stay the night for free. If Laura Tottenham wins, the stranger would have to pay a great fee to spend the night at the hall. While the stranger was distracted by flirting with Anne, Lord Tottenham cheated. He dealt himself four aces. Upon revealing his winning hand, the stranger became so enraged that he turned into his true devilish form. It said that he burst into flames and shot through the ceiling. 
And in doing so, he cursed Loftus Hall and everyone who enters it. And it said in the card room is where this happened. And there's a scorch mark on the ceiling to this day. Yeah, I see it. (laughs) Do you really? It's in the corner, right? Yeah, I see it. Oh, yeah. I see it. (laughs) I'm on the live stream That could also be, like, decay because the house is so old. It could, yeah. But, yeah. It's funny, because also in the live stream, there's the devil's room, so I was looking at the devil's room when you were talking, expecting it to be in the devil's room. Mm, it was a card room that this happened. Um, so, that's one version. Another version says that this man stayed a few days, actually, and during that time, he became very close with Anne. And one night, the two Ooh. sat down to play a card game. Either way, cards are involved. So Anne, upon noticing that she dropped a card, she knelt down to pick it back up. And when she knelt down to pick up her fallen card, she saw that this handsome stranger had hooven feet. Don't know why it took her that long to see that, but, um... Yeah? Anyways, so she sees that he has hooves for feet, so it's just Snoop Dogg. Not Snoop Dogg, it's Lil Wayne. (laughs) No, it's Lil Wayne. It's Lil Wayne. Those are his hoops, you (laughs) bitch. Those are his hooves. But anyways, Anne freaks out when she sees his hooves, and the hooves is like, those are my hooves, you bitch. Yeah. (laughs) He reveals himself as the devil, and again, in this same version, he, like the other version, he flies up through the ceiling and leaves a scorched mark, and again curses the hall. No matter how it happened, the effect it had on Anne was disturbing, to say the least. It said that she ran into her room, where she locked herself inside and refused to come out. She was heard speaking in tongues and behaving erratically. Some versions of the story simply say that she died of starvation. Another version is far more disturbing. It said that Anne was pregnant with the devil's child. Oh. When she gave birth, her parents had the child killed and they hid it in the walls of the tapestry room. They then had a priest perform an exorcism on the house. And I'll talk about him in a little bit. So Anne spent the rest of her life isolated in the tapestry room until she allegedly died. Oh, wait, what the? Hold on a second. I noticed a hole. So until she allegedly died. (laughs) It said that when the house was renovated, there were bones found in the walls. (gasps) Oh, that's so fucking scary. I love it. Yeah, it's very terrifying. So if you go into the live stream... Also, as you're talking about this, I want to say that I am, in fact, on the live streams looking at the tapestry. Yeah, you're looking at the tapestry right now. I can't remember the exact wall where it said that it happened. But yeah. So that's the room where allegedly Anne died. Okay. So the priest who exercised the house, his name was Father Thomas Broders. And if you happen to find Father Broders tombstone, it reads, quote, Here lies the body of Father Thomas Broders, who did good and prayed for all and banished the devil from Loftus Hall, end quote. I just had to throw that in there. (laughs) That's a really good headstone. So to this day, it said that there's a constant cold spot in the corner of the tapestry room. And Anne is also alleged to have been seen in tourist photographs staring out at groups as they enter the hall. Now, there's actually a photo I want to show you now that I mentioned that. Is this on the staircase of the chapel? Tapestry room? Where is he at? What? Sorry, I'm just... Where is he seen in the tourist photos? Oh, Anne? She's typically seen in windows or, like, um... By, like, the front door. There's actually a photo I'm trying to find to show you this. Someone claimed that they got a photo of her. Ooh. Where is it? I'm just having so much fun on this live stream right now. <laughs> there it is. Are you sending it to me on... I'll send it to you on Discord. Discord? Discord? Okay. Not gotten it yet. Uh, uh, oh, there it is. My computer's very slow. It's okay. As you've noticed. It'd be like that. It's just how it be. I do. I don't know if it's going to work. Oh, it does. Oh. Oh, that's fun. Fun. Fun times. I mean, it, it, it could be a lot of things. Oh, yeah. But that is still a fun photo. It's very, it's a very interesting photo. And, like, zoomed out, you can see, like, how that does catch the eye. And then, like, zoomed in, it's very yeah. interesting. That's so detailed. It's very crisp. It's very crisp. It's very, yeah. like... <laughs> Yeah, it's a very interesting photo. It's hard to say if yeah. that one is fake or not. It'll be on the Instagram. You guys can decide for yourself. So many claim that inside the house now, 
religious or uh, Catholic symbols are destroyed mysteriously. Like if you have like a statue of Mary or Jesus, it'll often be knocked over and the head will fall off. Oh. Um, people are touched, apparitions are seen, as well as orbs. It's pretty classic stuff for our alleged haunting. A lot of people also think that this is because of the curse that the devil put on the hall. And it's possible that it could be like, you know, this hot spot for more like demonic kind of activity. Right. So I do want to, before moving on from Anne's story though, I do want to point out that a very similar story took place in Maynooth, Ireland, where a group of men were playing cards one night during Lent. They were joined by a mysterious stranger who, when they invited him to play, he ended up winning all of his hands. And then, right. all of a sudden, one of the men, he drops a card. It just happened to be the Ace of Spades. He drops a card. And so the man, he bends down to pick up his fallen card. And when he does, he sees that the this mysterious stranger, he has hooven feet. Oh. And then, of course, huffs, the... Huffs, the huffs, huffs. And then, of course, the, the devil reveals himself and he flees. And it says that there's still a hoof print that can still be seen on the floor of the tavern. Oh, that's fun. I love it. But that's not the only time that this has happened. We have three stories like this. Another very similar story happened in 1767 to a man named Thomas Connolly, who was out on a hunting party. Connolly, he was joined by, again, a stranger. He thought he knew the man, so he let him join in. After the hunt, Connolly invited the stranger back to his home for dinner and rest. When they got home, the stranger fell asleep, and Connolly instructed the servants to remove his boots so that he could be more comfortable. However, when they removed his boots, they were shocked to see that he had hooves. Hooves! <laughs> the devil then awoke, and he began to throw objects and balls of flame around the room before he himself burst into a ball of flame, and he <laughs> left, leaving behind a scorch mark on the floor. It's because they're being so rude to him. They're so rude! They're his hooves, you bitch! Those are his hooves, you bitch! <laughs> so, this isn't... Let's attach a picture of Little Wayne onto the Instagram post. Those are his hooves, you bitch. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Those are his hooves. So this demonic story, however, it's not the only um, thing to have happened inside of Loftus Hall that could be contributing to the hauntings. In fact, even okay. the land itself has some very important history that could be contributing to this activity. So before the hall was built in 1170, the land was sacred land for Celtic druids who practiced their rituals there. Some sources <gasps> even claim druids. that it was a sacrificial ground. Yes, I love it. Druids. Fantastic. It's amazing. Fantastic. You're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing. So now it's going to get a little bit rough. I'm going to talk about some gruesome death. So in the front front of the hall is a beautiful mosaic, a tile mosaic. And it said that the family, they hired two Italian artisans to make it. And I'm assuming that it was the Redmond family who hired them. When the job was done, the two craftsmen, the Italian artisans, they were taken to the field that was next to the house where they cut off their hands to ensure that they would never recreate the beautiful floor mosaic that they had done. Why the fuck do they do that to artists? Greed. That happened. That's like capitalism, know, right? Bourgeoisie behavior. <laughs> God. Ugh. Terrible. Rancid. Horrible. So truly the vibes in here are rancid. <laughs> So during the Irish Confederate War, so in the 1600s, the castle was under attack by the English forces. The Redmond family, they defended their home at all costs, and it said that 68-year-old Alexander Redmond and his two sons fended off 100 tr English troops. Those that were not killed were captured by the Redmonds and executed there at the castle. Yet, in 1666, the hall was confiscated by the English and given to the Loftus family. And to this day, people claim to see apparitions of dead English soldiers and even their horses roaming the grounds. Oh. Ooh. Oh. I mean, the English were just... Horses. <laughs> we need more statues of horses. Horses had it so rough. Yeah, right. Like, like all of those, like, racist confederate statues or whatever, where it's dudes and horses, just take the dude off and leave the horse. Can we do that? Yeah, let's do it. Just leave the horse. Leave the horse. The horse, the horse, horse had to deal with so much bullshit. Honestly, yeah. But yeah, the English were pretty awful to the Irish and Scottish, so 
Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there, and we don't have time for that. We don't have time to unpack all of that. No. But, but it is a part of that it's there. history, like, of the Hall's history, so, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, another story, going f- way forward now, to the 1900s, when the Hall was a convent, it said that one of the nuns fell down the stairs and was killed. Some think that she was actually pushed by one of the entities in the house. Oh. Jumping forward again, when the hall was a hotel, it was closed rather abruptly because the owner, he mysteriously died inside the hall and his wife disappeared. I don't, I I couldn't figure out if she was ever actually found. <laughs> That's mysterious. Yeah. Um, it's weird. <laughs> this, yeah. This whole building is just weird. It's bizarre and it has this huge kind of folklore attached to it and it just looks terrifying but i think that the story of Lashes hall is very much one of folklore and it often gets twisted into something much more insidious than i think it really is like we're so entrenched right. in the catholic idea of what is evil and the devil and like what that is when we hear stories like this so we often jump right to the conclusion that we've learned from horror movies and Catholic influence. I think the reason that you might have, that this kind of sounded familiar to you was that it was a Ghost Adventures Halloween special. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Ooh. I'll have to watch that episode. It was a lot. It. It, I mean, it's a pretty good one, but they definitely do dramatize a lot. And they definitely... They always yeah, dramatize. Yeah. But they definitely make it like this is good, this is evil. It, when it's like, you're yeah. misinterpreting Irish folklore if that's what, if that's what you're doing. <laughs> like, you're misinterpreting yeah. these stories. Like, you're misinterpreting Stingy Jack or you're misinterpreting, like, some of the card games. Like, the stories of the card games. Like, the devil wasn't there to hurt people. He wasn't there to drag people to hell. He was just there to, like, be a He's general there for nuisance. for a good time, not a long time. Uh, yeah, he was just there to, like... Yeah bother people and like stress them out but he wasn't there to like kill them or like yeah torture them come on people <laughs> yeah he's just there having a fun time but i do think that that idea though of like this godlike entity like show i'm looking at the live streams again why am i doing this they're so scary why are they so scary what are you looking at i was just looking at all of them <laughs> yeah no i do you know what happened in room number 10 top floor? Why is that on the I, live stream? And why does it look so scary? I don't, you know what? Okay, I this wasn't in my script, but I'm Googling it right now because I couldn't find anything. Also the devil's room. I just have many questions. I wonder if Loftus Hall has anything on it. They don't. About Loftus Hall. Well, they do have like a, a lot of their info and like, some of the main stuff I did get from their website, but a lot of other sites don't talk about room 10. That's why I didn't talk about it because I'm not sure. It might have something- They have an online shop. <laughs> it has one thing in it. Oh. Yeah, I, there's nothing. It might be because of the Ghost Adventures episode. I can't remember, but there's no like actual like sources sources about it. That's why I didn't bring it up in my notes. Uh, I just put- full screen on for number 10 what? it's freaking me why'd you do that i don't know but it's scary but anyways so it's like i mean it's freaky and like you know there is a conversation of like evil and good and like you know we shouldn't always do that because we're misinterpreting these folk tales but at the same time these folk tales are generally terrifying like yeah I, like oh my god they're so fun and sexy though. they're super fun but it's also like you're dealing with something that's much bigger than you understand yeah and that's where i think the real terror is and we're missing out on like great horror by not doing more with that you know you didn't answer my question though do you think that all of this comes from the devil or do you think it was just a demon fucking around oh i think if the devil was involved then yes it came from him because I feel like, you know, his little minions would want to, like, follow him. You know what I mean? Or, like, right. I'm, I mean, I don't know how this works. I'm not a demonologist. 
but like that would make sense or it could also be like that kind of residue behind I don't know it's hard to say residual yeah yeah like that kind of like you have something that kind of like powerful sitting at a table and you're playing cards with it that's good of course gonna leave something behind oh if that's what happened Mm -hmm. but yeah so fun so if you've got 2.9 million dollars lying around and you feel like you can take on this great house perhaps you found your forever home honestly yeah and perhaps you could have a blini with the devil inside but remember you've got to outsmart him don't forget don't forget you gotta outsmart him don't forget yeah <laughs> Well, it's like the same thing with the Fae, you know? Like, you have kind of have to... Oh, yeah, that was the other thing! It kind of depends. Like, in our, like it, it, the, the way that the devil gets represented in folklore reminds me so much of fairy tale stories. Like, of fairies. Of how you have to outsmart mm. them. Yeah. It's very similar. Which, I mean, like... Which is kind of interesting because, like, I mean, like, people do work with the Fae still to this day. Yeah. Just like people work with the devil. Oh, yeah. You know? And, like... But, like, it's always... <laughs> so there's this whole thing on TikTok called Witch Talk. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and people can be very dumb on Witch Talk. And one of the big things is don't work with the Fae unless you know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, I'm, For this reason. I need to stop looking at these live streams. I'm turning this off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and especially, I think, with, like, if you're dealing with anything like that I think you need to do your research be I think you also need to be like in a really strong kind of mental state like you know you're firm you're grounded like you know what you're doing and you're not gonna like waver from what you're doing because like that's when you get fucked up man (laughs) oh yeah like, I feel like it's even the same way, like, even if you're just doing tarot, like, you need to be grounded. Yeah. Or you're not going to get what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, like, with Ouija boards. It's funny, actually, when I moved into my new place, this is totally off topic, but um, my roommate asked me, because, like, she knows that I practice witchcraft and yeah. stuff. She's like, do you have Ouija boards? And I said, no. And she's like, good. They are not allowed in the house. Good. <laughs> I was not even allowed to buy an Ouija board uh, doormat that I saw at Spirit Halloween. That I honestly kind of wanted, but, you know, it's fine. <sighs> yeah, no. I'm the same but way. I don't want any of that shit in my house. Yeah, it's not a bad thing, because it's just like a car. I've said this a million times. Yeah. You know, it's it can be used productively, but also it's a dangerous thing that you need to learn how to use. Yeah, like, be very good. Yeah, fuck around with that. Yeah. 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 So I guess the takeaways from this episode are learn how to play cards. Uh... <laughs> Do you think the... Okay, but what card game was it? Were they playing Go Fish? No. Um, I mean, I think it was, like, some of the more popular card games from the 1700s. Um, okay. They're, they're very much, like... Learn how to play Go Fish, though. <laughs> or, like, Crazy Eights. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure they were very much, like, kind of, like, your very simple, like, um, gambling games. But I don't think it was something like poker yeah. or something. But it was a more simple kind of, like, you can sit down and, like, play a little bit. And then you can get back up again or whatever. I can't remember what those yeah, games are called, but, um... Yeah, anyways, you need to learn cards because you never know. Um, yeah. Make sure you're grounded, you know what you're doing. And, um, mm-hmm. and the devil's hot. I can't blame Anne for wanting to jump his bones. Oh, no. Have you seen the Catholic interpretations of the devil? Oh. Just saying. Yeah. Even if he was, like, mm. hooved and horned. Those are his hooves, you bitch. <laughs> That's the other thing we've learned. Those are his hooves. You bitch. You bitch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And if you're asking if I would have a Bellini with the devil, to be honest, I might. I might. I mean... Like, as long as he doesn't, like, try to trick me or anything, which he probably would. Maybe it's best that I wouldn't, but, like, the concept of having a Bellini with the devil is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, we're both gay, so, like, we, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's fine. <laughs> It's all good. Might as well enjoy the ride down. I'm half straight. Do I? I don't believe in hell, but it's okay. I'm half straight. Do I, like, get, like, half a pass? Oh, you just end up like Jack. Oh, shit. I need a pumpkin. (laughs) I need a gourd. Give me your gourds. 
Give me your gourds. I'm coming for your gourds. I need a gourd. I want one of those, like, green ones that have, like, the weird lumps on them. Stop making fun of my acne. I would never. (laughs) No. No, 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 no. (laughs) I would never. Don't even at me like this. It's okay, guys. Molly's really nice. She doesn't say anything about my skin. You know, for real, if you say something about someone's skin, you're like the worst person on earth. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Never. Like, no, there was this one bitch when I was fucking 12 who commented on my acne, and I've never forgiven her to this day. Oh, yeah. The devil should go play cards with her. Honestly, yeah. She'd lose. <laughs> There's just certain people that you know would lose against the devil, you know? Yeah. Maybe I'm one of them. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, like, ones to talk, but, like, I don't know how to play cards. <laughs> Would you have a bully me with the devil? Um, if he's hot. If he's hot? Okay. It's <laughs> now. If he offered you butter and asked you to live deliciously? Is the butter salted? Um, I'd say it's whipped butter. But it's not. With, like, a touch of salt. It's not salted. With a touch of salt. No, butter needs to be salty. I see, I see. Ah. Okay, what if it's like, what if it's like the music video with um, Hosier and it's dinner and diatries and that's the drink that you're sitting down to? Okay, yeah, no, that video is so hot. That video, it has no right being that hot. That's really good. Oh. Oh. Like, when I full ass, like, when I imagine, like, the mysterious, handsome stranger, I just think of Hosier in that music video. Yeah. Uh, he fucking set himself on fire for his art. <laughs> just like the devil. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 We cracked the code, guys. I feel like he probably might have taken inspo from this folklore that he probably grew up with, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> a special shout out to, um, you might have heard the promo at the start of the episode, to Ladies of Fright podcast. Yay! Uh, they reached out to us, and it's, yeah, they're pretty fun and cool. Be sure to check them out. Mm-hmm. Remember to stay safe out there, stay peachy, listen to some good podcasts. Yeah. And, you know, just... Let yourself be just taken in and entranced by the fall vibes. Yeah, live deliciously. Exactly, live deliciously. We suck at outros, my dude. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, and we hope that you enjoyed the episode. This podcast features the voices of Molly Lorette and Ashley Smith. Our theme music was composed and produced by Larry Lorette. Our cover image was designed by Kate, and sound editing was done by Molly Lorette. Have any comments, concerns, or cases you want us to cover? You can email us at demonsandbellinis at gmail.com. You can also find us on Demons and Bellinis on Tumblr, Demons and Bellinis on Instagram, and at Dbellinis on Twitter. That's capital D and capital B. You will also be able to find case pictures tweeted out there and posted to our Instagram. Also, if you like what we do here on this little corner of the internet, please consider dropping us a donation off at Coffee, which you can find linked in our description. Thanks again, and stay peachy.